Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. This is episode number 36, and today we are talking about 10 ways to be more productive, and trust me when I say this is a topic that we can all relate to. I know because I filter questions from followers, from clients, from friends, family, and it's a question that we've all had. We can all go through times where we're just not feeling like we're getting enough done, or we feel like there's too many irons in the fire, whatever the case may be. If this is a period of your life, or if this is something that you find on the regular, figuring out how to be more productive to basically squeeze more juice out of the day is always my number one priority. And I know it is for you all as well. Um, I think, you know, ultimately, we live in a society that is so busy. And if you could see me, I'm doing these air quotes right now, because I think that it's so highly you know, looked up to, or we all try to be so busy. And although we are, I think it's time for us to figure out how we can slow down and not put so much on our plate, but yet accomplish more. So that's going to be today's episode. And I think that you're going to find some very actionable steps that you can take if you're willing and ready to make changes so that you can be as productive as you want to be. Real fast before we dive into this topic, I want to make sure that you are getting involved and you are part of the Women of WA Project. It's going on over at Wilderness Athlete. They have a journal, which is basically a forum where you can find all kinds of information, tips, hacks, advice, um, workouts, all kinds of things over there. This week, five moves to help train your upper body quickly is what went out. And I really think that you'll find a lot of value if you're somebody who has arm goals, if you want to build strength, if you want to build stability, and if you want to have a nice tone to find upper body, these five moves that I break down for you will absolutely help get you there. You can add them into a regimen that you're maybe doing now if you're training currently, or you can add them in a few days a week as a standalone. Either way, the Women of WA Project has some awesome things full of great advice, and I really think that it could be the key to helping you with your goals. So be sure to see the show notes for the link to get over there. You can also follow what's going on on their Instagram page at Wilderness Athlete. And of course, I always link to it as much as I can in my stories and on my personal Instagram at Her Outdoor Journey as well. So let's get right into the topic. And I'm going to start by calling you out. I have to say, I was talking to a friend the other day on the phone and we were discussing you know, working with clients and coaching. And and obviously, I've done this for a really long time. I started in the fitness industry when I was 17. Um, I'm way older than that now. So I've had a long time working with clients, both in group classes, um, in boot camp classes, spin, we, we're doing one-on-one training, you know, I do online coaching in person. So I've worked with a lot of people in a lot of different ways, men, women, older, younger, all the things. And there's one universal thing that I can really tell you I've noticed more than anything else. It's in the the ability for people to leave themselves on the back burner to make excuses and to not follow through. And I see it more now than ever 
We are not, and I'm putting myself in this category as well, we are not built the same way. We do not work as hard for things as we once did. We live in a society that wants a fix, that wants a pill, that wants a, you know, this fast track approach to getting what we want. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start this podcast by saying, if you want things in your life, if you have fitness goals, if you have financial goals, if you want to start your business, if you want to have a family, if you want to find the right man, whatever the case may be, you have to put in the work it takes and not expect that if you do a little bit, you should gain a lot back. We have to continue to just build a mindset of hard work, of dedication, of consistency and commitment, because If we do something for five days in a row, we damn sure want to see this gain at the end of that, right? We have this very short-term approach to a long-term problem, and we're not seeing the things that we want, so we fall off the wagon, we find excuses, we feel like a failure, we just throw in the towel, we decide to just deviate from this this plan, this mission, this thing that we wanted because all of a sudden it just doesn't happen for us. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not this fast approach. It's not just this temporary effort that's going to get you these wild things, these awesome, you know, big, huge goals in your life. You have to continually put in the work. And I'm telling you one thing I have just seen so evidently is that our desire to work hard, we want to be busy, right? We almost get praised on this overloading your plate, being overwhelmed, having so much to do. Oh, you must be so needed, all of these things, but we're not. That's just busy. That's just fluff. That's just life. If you want to have big things, you have to put in a lot of effort. So I'm here to say the number one way to be more productive in a day is you have to stop making excuses. And I'm not just talking about surface level excuses like, oh, I don't have time or oh, you know, I don't feel well, or oh, you know, I got to do this with the kids. Like those, there will always be excuses. There are always other things that need our attention. But the bottom line is, if you're one of those people, and I'm raising my hand as I used to be of this and occasionally, and I could fall back on this very easily if I allowed my mindset to go there. If you're somebody that makes excuses, you have to be self-aware that that's happening in order to make those changes. Because the thing about excuses is they feel so valid right? They, yeah, I don't feel like I have enough time. Or yes, I, I am going to be running, you know, from here and there and getting the kids to football and doing all these things. And then it's going to be dark. So I can't get my run. You have to just figure out different ways. You have to prioritize what you're doing because those excuses will always have the opportunity to come up and be like, nope, can't do it. Right. You have to be able to say, I know that this excuse is valid and I know that this thing will come and I know that there will be this hurdle, but I'm going to foresee that coming and I'm going to figure out a way to not use that excuse. We all have excuses, but some people just don't use them. Number two is managing your time. And this is something that's incredibly hard to do specifically with so many distractions, devices, computers, work you know, chats, um, all of those different things, you know, it's nice to be social in an, in a time of life when there's social networking and there's all these different ways to connect with people. And trust me, I love social media. I used to not be as big of a fan as I am now, but it's brought so many blessings into my life. 
so many awesome people that I've been able to meet and talk with. And for me, it truly is my social life. And that might sound pathetic, but I can't tell you how many just little bits of conversation I'll have here and there with people about encouragement or workouts or, you know, their goals or their recent successes in the field or whatever the case may be. And for me, that truly does fill my cup. But I have to figure out how to manage that in a way that it doesn't take over all of my time. One thing that I do implement as far as the usage on my phone and how much time I'm spending behind a screen is that I use the, uh, oh gosh, what's it called? The screen time app. So it'll tell me at the start of a day or the end of the week, whenever I want to look at it, it'll tell me how much time I've spent and what I've spent it on. It'll break it down between, you know, work productivity, my work apps, my texting, my um, social media, whatever, whatever I've used, it will block it into um, itemizing basically how much time I've spent in those areas. Before that really became a thing, a while back, what I did, because I was kind of got into a slump, and I've talked about it um, uh, before now, but um, I got a notepad. I'm obsessed with notebooks, by the way. I have a notebook problem. Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, I wrote down like minute by minute my day and everything I did because I was just like, gosh, I just, I don't feel motivated for one. I feel like I'm not getting enough done. You know, what is my problem? Can I, what can I be doing differently? So I had to really take inventory of where I was spending my time. And a lot of it got wrapped up in just useless crap. You know, whether you pull out your phone to look and see what time it is, and then you see a message or you see something that, that draws you in. It's so easy to be able to just get sucked in and I am totally guilty of this. And something that has made it easier for me is that I find periods of time to consume social media. Now, I'm on social quite a bit, specifically on Instagram, because I post to my stories, I'm posting workouts, I'm doing videos, I'm answering questions. And for me, that's a big part of this social job that I have and being able to help and support other people. But if I were to get on social and every time I wanted to make a post or every time I wanted to reply to something, I followed that up with scrolling or I followed that up with the explore screen. Or if I was just, you know, diving through different accounts, I would lose a lot of time in the day. I know that because I've done it. And so for me, I really try to limit the consumption I have of social media, whether that's you know, all I have is Instagram and Facebook, but you know, between those two, you can lose a lot, lot of time. And if you start to think about, you know, Snapchat and Twitter, and I'm going to really make myself sound old because I really don't know what else there is, but I know that there's a lot of things. So really just try to manage your time and figure out where you're spending it. If you can on your phone, get the app that will break it down and show you, you know, you haven't just spent four hours on your phone, but this is where you spent three of the hours and this is where you spent 30 minutes. It'll help you decide what's taking up the time that's not allowing you or not making you feel like you can add other things to your plate. Um, having too many of the wrong distractions will obviously keep you from being able to implement the healthy habits, the gym time, the meal prep, all of the things that you need to fill your cup. So that is, I mean, in only to put this out there as the steps one through 10 of ways that you can do, not in the order of importance of the things that you need to fix. 
I definitely think all of these have a very valid and a very big place in the to-do list. So figure out where you need to take from what's more of a priority and figure out your own order of importance. Number three is limiting your distractions and that kind of rolls into managing your time. If you get sucked into social media or if you get sucked into Netflix binges or whatever the case is, you're going to have a really hard time getting anything done. So finding a way to limit the distractions, whether maybe you, for a, for a moment in time, you get rid of your TV service or you set a legitimate schedule for you and when you're going to be online. Um, maybe you get all of the things on your to-do list done before you pick up and look at Instagram or you check your messages or whatever the case may be. Just figure out how to limit those distractions because as we all know, they're there in every single angle. Think about how many times you've been sucked into or down a rabbit hole. And like literally you just looked, you you picked up your phone to text somebody. And before you know it, you've spent 25 minutes doing God knows what, and you forgot what you even got your phone out for. I'm raising my hand because I do that more often than not. And it's something that drives me crazy. I'm like, what did I even just get my phone out for? Oh, I was going to message a client. And got sucked into looking at a new email or looking at this new product launch or whatever it is. So just make sure that you find a way to limit your own distractions and to be aware of what they are. Because, you know, it's it's I think it's almost something like we get this little um, like self-conscious about how much time we spend on different areas, right? So like if you're somebody who has a social media problem or spends way too much time online, you probably don't want people to know you spend that much time online. It would probably embarrass you if people knew, God, you weren't, you're not meeting your fitness goals or you haven't been able to lose any weight, but you spend six hours a day on Instagram, which I just heard in a new study is an actual freaking thing, which blows my mind. Anyway, just try to figure out, be very real with yourself and see where you can limit those distractions. Number four, this is one of my favorites, set a schedule for yourself. If you're an entrepreneur or if you're a stay-at-home mom or if you work from home or whatever, it's it's so hard to be productive if the entire day is just a free-for-all. If you're like, well, I'm going to wake up and have coffee. We'll see how the day goes. You're probably not going to get a ton done. If you're somebody who is a self-starter and a self-motivator, you already have a schedule, right? So that's not going to be the problem. You're probably kind of like, well, I don't know what to do now, or I guess I can procrastinate and do some laundry, or maybe I can do this. And at the end of the week, you're like, God, I haven't got anything done. You really just need to find a way to set a schedule. It doesn't have to be from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, but you need to know in that day, what is the, what's on the schedule? What do you need to do today? What needs to be accomplished so that you can reach, you know, these milestone goals by the end of the week? So there are a couple of different ways you can do this. You can write out a schedule, you know, by hand. You can get out a calendar. I have a I have a couple of different ways that I'll outline for you. For one, I have a calendar that sits on my desk. Um, I switch back and forth between two desks for other reasons I can talk about at some point. But um, for me, I have them just to outline what needs to be done. It's the content calendar. It's my deadlines. It's my writing pieces. It's all of those things. So I can visually see what needs to be done and when it needs to be done. I also 
just try to bulk batch in those times. If I have to work with clients and I need to be working on fitness programming, I will do that all on a Monday. And then I get all of those things done. And then on Tuesday, I can do recordings. On Wednesday, I can do, you know, paperwork or whatever, whatever it looks like for you. But just figure out what that schedule is going to be. It doesn't have to be anything that's set in stone that you can't deviate from if you need to, but it'll give you an outline for the day so that you go into the day knowing what needs to be accomplished. That way at the end of the week, you're like, damn, I did this. I got X, Y, and Z done. It's off my list. Now I can get into the weekend, enjoy it, then go into the following Monday knowing that I have a new set of things to get done and I'm moving the needle. That always, always feels good to make sure you're making progress. Number five, oh, this is a pet peeve of mine, people that negotiate with themselves. <clears throat> it's easy to do if you want to assess what you do or don't want to do. Say you're getting off work, it's 5.30, you got to sit through traffic, there's a million things that you feel like you should be doing, but you're going to go to the gym, you're finally going to make it to the ha happen. And you pull into the gym and you see how busy it is and you're sitting in your car and you're trying to put your headphones on and you're giving yourself the best pep talk you can and you're like, well, but it's busy in there and gosh, I could just go home and but I'm really hungry and I don't know when the last time I ate was. And you start to decide if going into the gym that you're already sitting out in the parking lot is going to be your next move. You start to negotiate with yourself how important that thing is to get done. It can be on meal prep. It can be on choosing to go fast food or eat at home. You can start to have these self-negotiations. And once you start doing that, your subconscious goes, Courtney, I don't really have to do this. The next time I'm faced with a decision that I don't necessarily want to make, I can have this moment of deliberation and negotiation with myself to decide what I'm going to do. It is one of the worst possible habits we can start with ourselves. And it is so, so destructive to reaching goals and to making progress in your life. So if you're somebody who has negotiations I want to tell you this, if you're living your life off of that schedule, if you want to hit the gym three days a week and meal prep on Sundays, it needs to be on that calendar. At five o'clock, when you said you were going to go to the gym, you get your butt to the gym. If it's five minutes and all of a sudden you just can't do it anymore, then you leave, but you go in the first place. You don't sit on the fence deciding what to do after you've already said you were going to do it. You make it happen. You don't negotiate with yourself because if you do, things will always go on how you feel. And if you live life and your goals are, you know, subsequently chosen by how you feel about doing it, I promise you it'll never happen. Number six, don't say yes to everything. And this might not be a huge area of concern for people, but even putting one thing on your to-do list or on your schedule or on the calendar that gives you anxiety, that is something that you're worked up about, that you're dreading, that may be hard or uncomfortable for you, saying yes to one thing that's going to overwhelm you might not be the best decision. And you could be somebody who's even busier than that, right? Who's saying yes to all these little projects and life is essentially just backing up and building up on you. And before you know it, you are behind on everything. You haven't taken time for self-care. You haven't worked out in three weeks. Your kids, you know, haven't seen you in a while, whatever the case may be. It's going to be hard for you to do what you need to be doing to be successful if you're saying yes to the things that give you anxiety, that overload your plate. 
And like I said, that could be one thing. You could have anxiety about this one event coming up or this one speaking thing or this extra project you took on or the the shift that you told a friend you would take for them so they could have the day off. If it's not something that benefits your life that you can't say yes to gladly and feel good about, then you need to start figuring out how to say no. Number seven, you have to make time for yourself. And I cannot impress upon you enough how important it is to have at least five minutes of you time uninterrupted, un, you know, no questions. I don't care if you want to go poop by yourself or if you want to go take a shower that nobody even knows your home. You need to be able to have five minutes that nobody needs you. There aren't any questions to be asked or answered. That means that the notifications on your phone are turned off. You don't hear your phone ringing. You need to be able to just have five minutes at a minimum of zone out time. Now, for me, me time means I find a way to go and spend time doing yoga, reading a book, taking a hot bath, writing about something I love, or getting time outdoors. For me, it's a must. It's something I know about myself in my journey of overcoming depression over the last, God, 20 years. It's something I've learned that I have to have in order to create balance and happiness in my life. If I don't have a little bit of me time every single day, if I don't find a way to make the time to get everything I need to done so that I can go and go shed hunting or go check trail cameras or go for a hike, I'm not my best self. And that's okay. That's something I've learned. We all need different things. Maybe for you, it's getting together with a girlfriend or going grocery shopping without your kiddos. It can be lots of different things. And it's okay if it's something that you question like, gosh, does this make me a bad mom? Because I just want to go do you know, I want to go sit in the Target parking lot by myself without my kids asking me questions. In the, in the No, that doesn't make you a bad person. It's okay to have time for yourself. You are an individual, whether you are a business owner, whether you run a giant company, whether you're a mom with five kids, it doesn't matter what those things are now. You are still yourself. And if you're not your best self, you can't do anything in the way that will ever make you feel good or proud or content. Number eight, you have to use a to-do list. And I cannot emphasize this enough. My life is run off of to-do lists. I look at my schedule. I figure out what needs to be done, the timeline that it needs to happen by, and I write my to-do list. Now, here's where my advice differs from many other people's advice. You'll hear people talk about putting this simple, easy, maybe even already done things on the to-do list so you can cross them off. And you'll hear many other people talk about how it's it's a way of procrastination. And by God, maybe it is. However, psychologically, what you see is your to-do list getting things that are crossed off. For me, I will promise you with every fiber of my being, I almost always do the easy stuff first. For me, it builds the the foundation of the momentum I need to get the rest of the things on the list done. The things lower on the list might be harder to do. They might take more time. But if I've already done four of the smaller, easier things on the list and I've been able to cross those off, 
for me, I really start to build this priority of getting all of those things done. If I have six things on my to-do list and they're all very difficult, timely things, I'm going to spend a lot more time procrastinating on getting even one of those things done unless I start to figure out how to build the momentum in getting those things done and being productive. So for me, I absolutely, without a doubt, shamelessly will do the easy things on my list first. As I go throughout the day, I start to knock off the bigger things. Now, you'll also hear people talk about not putting more than like two things on your to-do list. I personally don't think that's reasonable. And I feel like if you're only putting two things on your to-do list, then you're not putting all of your to-dos on your to-do list, right? Like, does that not make sense to put what you need to have done on the list? So if you're only, you know, that to me was would be more of like a goal building or goal setting to have one or two things on there, right? If if your main objective for your week is to put out or to reach this deadline, you're not just going to have that one thing on there. That's going to be the ultimate need to get done, but you probably have laundry and picking up groceries and keeping the kids alive and, you know, getting your workout in and drinking enough water and making sure you make the order. You know, there's lots of other things that you need to get on there. So I would say without a doubt, make sure you write the to-do list. For me, again, I'm going to start with a smaller, easier tasks to do, and I'm going to build the momentum from there. You'll also hear people say, you know, you might want to figure out how to get the to-do list done in your most like optimal or most awake or most alert time of the day. For me, that doesn't necessarily work because I don't want to start my bigger projects in the morning. For me, I build a lot more of that progress when I'm getting other things knocked off the list. So by the time I go to my second job at 230 I've gotten probably 90 to 95% of everything off of my list. And I might just have to do one or two things, you know, later on in the day, or that thing might run over to tomorrow. If it's something that has to get done today, obviously I put that as a priority. I will usually highlight it or I'll put a little star, sometimes an arrow next to it, depending on when it needs to get done and the priority of that. The other thing I do with my to-do list, especially when it's like a long running list, is I will reassess it the next day if there's a bunch of things left on there and I will prioritize them by number. You know, I'll just write down one, two, three, four, five, whatever the case may be in the order that those things need to get done to make the most progress in my day. So that's something that works really well for me. And I keep a spiral notebook that's my to-do list. It's pretty much only to-do list in there and I just flip it over page by page. I don't throw them away um, for a couple reasons. One, There's not very many days that I get 100% of my list done and I'm a brain dump kind of person. So if I'm, you know, in the shower, if I'm getting ready for bed or if I'm driving, I will keep notes everywhere. I'll put it in a note on my phone or I'll, you know, write it down on a sticky note. That way I can put something else on my to-do list. For me, it makes me feel like, gosh, I'm not going to forget, you know, to do this, this smaller task that needs to be done that it just doesn't come front of center of mind. So I'll write down lists, I'll put it on my, I'll transfer it over on my to-do list when I need to, and then I just keep that long running list. Over time, I just knock a bunch of things off. For me also, I can look back, if I'm ever in this like brain slump where I'm just feeling like, gosh, am I making any progress in life? Am I doing any things? Am I helping any people? Am I reaching my goals? I can look back and be like, well, look at all of these things that you're accomplishing, You know, for me, as somebody who has a very hard time 
recognizing my own strengths. I think think that it's really important if I have a visual way to look back and see those things that I'm accomplishing. You might be the same way or you might not. For me, it's definitely beneficial to have the list, to prioritize the list, to allow myself to get the smaller tasks done before I move on to the bigger, more trivial things. And for me, it works really, really well. That rolls right in right into number nine, and that's setting goals. For me, setting goals really looks like sitting down, carving out some time, and having a meeting with myself. Um, I like to just assess where I've been, the overarching goals of my company, the overarching goals of my mission to help women, the message that I'm sending them, and the content that I'm putting out for them. Um, for you, it could look vastly different than what I do, but ultimately the, the, the focus is on setting a goal for yourself. I also think that it's really important to itemize or kind of like compartmentalize what these goals are, whether, you know, you might not have a fitness goal and that's okay. You might not have a financial goal. That's okay. You might be working for somebody else and you don't care about building a business. That's okay. But I promise you that there are things in your life that you would like to achieve. And it might not be something huge. Maybe you realize that you don't drink enough water or that you are way over caffeinating yourself and you need to cut back. Those can be goals that you set for yourself. But ultimately, I think if we have a gauge for the progress that we're making in our lives, we become a lot more successful. We stop making the excuses. We start to find the time. We naturally limit our distractions because we are becoming much more productive. We stop negotiating on everything. We stop saying yes to things because we feel guilty if we don't, right? We start making so much more progress. We start to really feel that confidence engaging when we set goals and when we achieve them. So I definitely think that's important if you need to take, you know, a weekly meeting with yourself. Maybe it's sitting down quietly with your coffee and reflecting, giving self-reflection to the things that you've accomplished. S- take the time to reflect to set goals, and to smash those freaking goals. Number 10, and this one for me has been really hard, but my God, it has been so helpful for me in every facet of my life. Now, let me tell you, I'm not a morning person, nor am I a night owl. I don't even know really what I am, but my best hours are probably somewhere between like 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., not joking. If If I had it my way, that would be my life. I'd be in bed by 7.30 at night. It'd be perfect. Anyways, long story short, becoming a morning person for me was something that I had to do. There was enough going on. There was enough of the business building and there was enough of the clients. There was enough of the, you know, all the things that I had to figure out how to create more time in my life. Well, we all have the same hours in a week. So for me, I just figured out how I would manage them to use them to my benefit. For me, that looks like getting up between 5 and 5.30 in the morning. To some of you, that's not early at all. To others, you're like, oh God, I can't do it. Don't, I can't even listen. I had to do it in order to, one, squeeze more juice out of the day. Two, it's completely changed my alertness, my happiness, if I sleep in till 630 and then get up with the kids as we're trying to get ready and I'm trying to get them on the bus by 701, then I start my day under stress. I'm rushed. I'm groggy. I haven't had time to have my coffee. I haven't accomplished anything. So if I can get up at five o'clock and I've had my coffee and I'm awake 
and I'm, you know, no longer groggy and I'm ready to go, then I give my kids my best. They go into the day having a good day. By 7 a.m. or 7.01 when they're on the bus and I see that bus roll down the driveway and out of sight, I am now fully in work mode. I'm no longer trying to wake up or trying to get ready or trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to do next. I'm ready to go. I'm engaged. And it's amazing and so gratifying to get to like nine o'clock in the morning and look at your list and see so many things already accomplished. For me, that just really helps to build my momentum throughout the day. So becoming a morning person has definitely helped. If you're someone who feels like, gosh, I don't have enough time in the day, create the time. You know, figure out how to limit the distractions, put away the devices, you know, do all of the other things. And if you need to, create more time. Maybe get an hour at night after the kids go to bed or get up an hour or two earlier in the morning. Or, you know, maybe you are already getting up early, but you're spending your time scrolling through social media or catching up on emails, like devote that time to being your best time to set up the day for success. I hope that these 10 ways to be more productive have truly enlightened you, giving you a little bit more focus. But ultimately, I hope that you don't just hear these, but that you apply them to your life, because I promise you every single one of us could use more progress, more motivation, more accountability, and more success in our lives. So make sure you're working through these things, implementing where you can, stop negotiating, stop making excuses, encourage yourself, reflect on the things that you're accomplishing, and go and seize the day. Every single day that you wake up is the opportunity to kick its ass. And that's all I want from you is to be feeling good, kicking ass, taking names, enjoying life, and making progress. Just a little heads up, next week's episode on the Her Inspired Journey is going to be talking about periods and hunting. Not a fun topic to talk about, but so many women are anxiety-ridden when it comes to figuring out that time of the month during their hunting season. What do you do? What do you bring? How do you make it easier? What are all the things? So tune in next week for periods and hunting. Real sexy topic, I knew. Have a great day, guys, and I'll chat with you next week. Well, ladies, that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration, some good advice, and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have any topics or ideas and your feedback. You are so valuable to me and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.